أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله Alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayhi wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudhillalah wa may yudhlilhu fala hadiyalah wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wahdahu la sharika lah wa nashhadu anna sayyidana wa nabiyyana wa maulana Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran kathira amma ba'du faqad qala Allah تبارك وتعالى في القرآن المجيد بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال ربكم ادعوني أستجب لكم إن الذين يستكبرون عن عبادتي سيدخلون جهنم داخرين بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم وبعد Respected brothers and elders, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for each and every favor that Allah has blessed us with. We praise and thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for blessing us with the glorious month of Dhul Hijjah. The ten days have been completed. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Accept all the sacrifices of animals that took place yesterday. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the hajj of the hujjaj. There's people that perhaps are also sacrificing animals today as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept that. And again, we've been blessed with another beautiful day of Jumu'ah. So let's just recap the year 1444. Allah allowed us the privilege and honor of witnessing one more 15th night of Sha'ban in our life. Allah allowed us to witness another entire month of Ramadan. For the year 1444, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed us the privilege of witnessing the 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah. 
Have we considered this, considered this as a great favor from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? How fortunate you were. One more month of Ramadan. One more opportunity of witnessing the best 10 days of the year, the 10 days of the month of Dhul Hijjah. And who knows, it's not in our control, but we have absolutely no guarantee that we're going to be present on the 11th of Dhul Hijjah, 1445. Nobody has that guarantee. We don't know whether we'll see the year 1445. We got no guarantee we'll see Ramadan 1445, although we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us many more of those opportunities. But the reality of life is one year is sure to be the last year that we will witness in this world. One month of Ramadan is definitely going to be the last month of Ramadan that we see. One period of 10 days of Dhul Hijjah is surely to be the last that we will witness. But we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us whatever we've done in these last 10 days. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness in this world and most importantly in the year after. The verse that I recited is a verse of the Quran that many a times is quoted with regards to dua and supplication. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ ادْعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ Allah says, call out to me, I will answer to you. And very often this verse of the Quran is explained with regards to the important aspect of dua. So today we're not going to talk actually about dua, but we're going to talk about something that's connected to dua. And in fact, it is also highlighted as one of the, 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 the quickest ways for a person to get their dua accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is actually more like a secret weapon or a secret tool that is of great benefit to each and every one of us. But when we start to discuss it, what we're going to understand is, it's something so easy that's always been there, but how often have we taken advantage of it? And this is a very important aspect when you look at the number of narrations of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, where he speaks about this topic and this aspect connected to, to dua. Not only that, what we come to know also when we get into the discussion, inshallah, is that it gives us the sense of true brotherhood and the spirit of unity and having consideration for the next person. So what is the secret uh, tool or the secret weapon that's extremely beneficial to each person? The Prophet ﷺ said that, مَا مِنْ عَبْدٍ مُسْلِمٍ يَدْعُوا لِأَخِيهِ إِلَّا قَالَ الْمَلِكُ وَلَكَ بِمِثْلُ The Prophet ﷺ said that any person that makes dua for his brother with regards to any aspect or any need or any fulfillment or any removal of any difficulty or hardship, but any believer that makes dua for his Muslim brother, the Prophet ﷺ said, that Allah appoints an ace to that dua, and when you complete the dua that you made for someone else, exactly the same. Can you imagine that? Now we making dua, oh Allah, for example, grant brother Muhammad good health. Oh Allah, grant brother Muhammad a lot of wealth. Oh Allah, bless him in his life. That's a dua I'm making for someone else. But at the very same time as I'm making this dua, Allah has already appointed an angel to listen to that supplication. So my name is Ahmed. And I made dua for brother Muhammad. I'm making dua for him. Allah appoints an angel that listens to that dua. And the moment I complete, the angel says, Oh Allah, give brother Ahmad exactly the same what he asked for brother Muhammad. What a beautiful secret tool. What a powerful way to actually change the course of direction of our lives. We're always making dua for ourselves. Oh Allah, this is what I need. Oh Allah, this is my problem. Oh Allah, this is my difficulty. Oh Allah, this is my hardship. This is, that's very good. You're supposed to be making dua for yourself. But even better, 
is when you make dua for someone else. Now, let's take the example of, I said, well, oh Allah, I want a lot of wealth. Oh Allah, I want to be self-sufficient. But do I want that for the next man? Am I making the same dua for someone else? Sometimes we may, it sounds so simple and easy in theory, but do you know the reality of the world that we live in, living in is that I'll actually be hesitant to wipe because, hey, wait, hold on now, he must have more money than me. He must be more well off than me. He must be advancing, progressing more than me. I mean, I've got all my own problems. I only worry about myself. Allah asks you to worry about others and Allah guarantees I'll take care of you. You worry about others, I'll make sure you're okay. In fact, the great scholars of the past, when they wanted something for themselves, they would use the secret tool. They'll make that same dua for someone else because they know they have the, the guarantee of the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will be appointed to make the very same dua for them. So if they wanted one thing in particular, they would make that dua for someone else. Oh Allah, grant this person, what they call it, uh, there's, a, there's a, a word that they use, you know, often it's, uh, we, we do it with our kids. So you want the child to do something, so you tell someone, the other child to do it, and this child will make sure he'll do it. It works like that, what they call it, reverse psychology. But it's not actually playing games, it's really, really effective. It's very effective. The scholars of the past took advantage of this. When they wanted something from Allah, they would make dua first that Allah granted to someone else, Angels will be appointed to make the same dua that they get it and they would get it. That's why they would continue making that dua. But will I be big hearted and generous enough to be making that dua for others? But Alhamdulillah, in general, we do do it. But sometimes we do it with an absent mind. So a simple thing, when we see difficulties and hardship happening in other parts of the world, then we genuinely feel that pain. And we make dua, oh Allah, remove the difficulties and suffering from the Muslims across the globe or particular places where there's difficulties and hardship. When something goes wrong in Palestine, we're all making dua together. But you need to make that dua with the presence of your heart and mind, knowing that Allah is going to appoint angels that are going to make the same dua for you. You see, that's a missing ingredient even in our duas. It's not what is verbally said or uttered. It is the presence of your heart in dua. So there was a period where the Banu Israel were making dua to Allah for something in particular and it wasn't happening, it wasn't coming their way. So one scholar came to them and said that listen, y'all are making dua with y'all's tongues but y'all's hearts are very far from what y'all actually want and need. Your heart is absent. Allah is not just listening to your words. Allah knows you better than you know yourself. Allah knows what's in the deep recesses of your heart. So the presence of heart and mind is fundamental in dua. Today it like got, it got stuck being verbal. But your heart and mind needs to be in that dua. Your soul needs to be in that dua. There were scholars of the past that would make intense duas for lengthy periods of time to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they say, فَلَا تَسْمَعُوا إِلَّا hamsa. You wouldn't even hear that dua. It would be like a whisper. But they busy engrossed with their heart and mind focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whenever you lift your hands up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make sure you have the presence of heart and mind in that dua and in that supplication. And when you're making dua for someone else, make sure the presence of your heart and mind is also in that dua. Because it's going to be very beneficial for you as the one making dua. Allah will give that person and Allah appoints an angel to say amin to the very same dua for you. So as I said at the beginning when we were introducing the topic, that this is something that requires a very, very generous heart and mind. It, it moves us away from being self-centered. Because you know they say the three most important people in the world are who? 
me, myself, and I. It's all about me. But it's not all about me. It's about we, we and Ummah. Like how I want to progress, I want someone else to progress. And in fact, when the scholars explain this topic further, they say that this should be the norm for every person and it is part of the spirit of brotherhood and unity of Muslims that we are always making dua for others because we love for others what we love for for ourselves. And like how we want goodness in this world and the year after, we want the very same for others. So we all should have the habit. Make dua for other people. Have this generous heart. Allah grant this person shifa and cure. Do it with the presence of heart and mind. Allah will give you shifa and cure. You know somebody is going through financial difficulty. You've heard about it. Maybe you're an athlete. You don't know about it because you're a bit worried that he's going to come to you for help and assistance. But then lift your hand up and make dua. Oh Allah, this man is going through difficulty. Oh Allah, remove his difficulty. Oh Allah, open the doors of your barakah and sustenance for him. You make that dua for him. Allah will give you the same. And Allah will take him out of his problem. And he doesn't even need to know that you made that dua. You can inform him if you want. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we, we, we tend to do that as well. Hey, you know, I made a lot of dua for you. MashaAllah, that's good. But if you don't inform him, it's even better. It's even better. Because that shows how much more sincere you were. But have that habit of being well-wishers of others. Continuously make dua for people. You know, somebody's child... He's looking for a spouse and a partner. Make that dua. Lift your hands up on your own. You don't need to tell him. Oh Allah, grant this person's child a good spouse. But then you'll be worried. No, if I make that dua for him, who's going to marry my child? No, don't worry. Allah will give you someone for your child as well. Allah will give you someone better for your child. Somebody's struggling in the examination. Make dua for them. No, if he's going to come out first, that means my child is going to come out second. No, don't worry about that. Your child will also come out first. Allah will bless you. So we need to have this generous heart in dua. We need to beg from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, we might think that what we have is limited. Allah's treasures are absolutely unlimited. Allah will give everyone. There's no shortage in the treasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, on a lighter note, there was one person that was by the Kaaba, Baytullah. He had a big financial issue that he needed sorted out in his life, a huge sum of money. So now he's standing by the Kaaba and he's holding the cloth of Allah, and he's begging Allah, Ya Allah, please solve this problem, Ya Allah. It's just 10 million that I need sorted out. Ya Allah, please sort this problem out for me. And as he's making this dua intensely, one simple person comes next to him and he holds the cloth of the Baytullah and he says, Ya Allah, you know, it's just, it's just a problem of a hundred riyals, oh Allah, I need it sorted out, oh Allah. It's just 100 that I need. So that person that's making dua for the 10 million, he hears this. So he turns around, he puts his hand in his pocket, he takes out a few hundred, he says, brother, take this and carry on, don't disturb my 10 million year. You're coming in the way, right? So we think that it's going to be short, but there's no shortage in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's treasures. There's no shortage. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَوْ أَنَّ أَوَّلَكُمْ وَآخِرَكُمْ وَإِمْسَكُمْ وَجِنَّكُمْ قَوْمُ فِي سَعِيدٍ وَاحِدٍ if the whole of humanity, now understand the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We're not talking about the five, six, or seven billion people that are present on planet Earth at at, at the moment as we speak. We're talking about every single human being from Adam alayhi salatu wasallam right till the end of time. It's a number and account that we have no idea what it is. Trillions of people that have come and gone over the thousands of years that the world has been in existence and how many more are to come is only in the knowledge of Allah. And the Prophet ﷺ said, if every single human being from the first to the last have to stand on one plane and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for their heart's desires, the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah can give every single person 
every every thing that their heart desires and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that will not diminish the treasures and the what is by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the example that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave he said if you dip a needle into the ocean and you take the needle out that drop small drop of water that remains on the needle even that extent it would not decrease allah's treasures if he gives the whole of humanity every single thing that they could wish for and do you know why this narration is so amazing to highlight the unlimited treasures of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the desires of man is also almost unlimited nothing is ever enough if you look at our life sometimes 50 years ago or 30 years ago or 20 years ago when we started off we said you know i just need to reach this point and mashallah that will be enough you reached that point 15 years ago you still moving ahead you know stop You still carry it on. The, the desires of a, of, a, of a human being are not limited. It's actually continues. This it's never enough. The Prophet ﷺ said that if the son of Adam had to have an entire valley of gold in his possession, the gold price we know what's the price of one ounce of gold. Imagine a mountain of gold. You can't put a monetary value to it. You'll be the richest person that ever lived if you had one mountain of gold. Here, the Prophet ﷺ said that if a person has to have an entire valley of gold, you think that will be enough? The Prophet ﷺ said, "La ahabba yakur lahu wadiyan." He'll say, "Hey, if I could own one, why can't I own two? I can make it for two. And if you got two, he'll say, 'Hey, I can make it to three. So the desires of a person is unlimited in this world.' And the Prophet ﷺ said, if you had to ask for everything that you want." and you carry on asking and allah will give every person what they ask for it won't diminish the treasure of allah in any way so allah will give you and allah will give everyone but have this door open the secret a tool to help you in your life by making dua for others and not only that we should have something special that we have between us and between allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Just to digress a little, we came out of the 10 days of Dhul Hijjah. It's the 11th of Dhul Hijjah. We're coming to the end of one year and inshallah we're planning ahead for another year. But we need to focus on this. What do I have between me and between Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Something special, something secret. You know, there was a, a group of highway robbers that would rob people that were traveling on the pathway. So they robbed one group of people of their food, right? And they all sitting down to eat. But one of the robbers, he never ate. He's sitting on one side and everyone else is eating. So the people that they robbed, he asked the robber to tell me, why are you not eating? Guess what the person said? He said, you know what, I'm fasting. So the victim said, that, wait, hold on, you just robbed us of our food and you're telling me that you're fasting. So this person made a statement and he said, I like to keep a door open between me and Allah because perhaps one day Allah will allow me to enter that door. I like to keep a secret door open between me and Allah because inshallah one day I'll enter through it. Years later, so this incident happened, the man was shocked like, you know, seriously even even a rogue got some some level of taqwa and 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 some consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But his statement was, I like to keep a door open between me and between Allah because inshallah one day I want to enter through that door. I'm not happy with what I'm doing. So years later, the same person that was robbed, he's making tawaf of Baytullah, and he sees a person engaged in intense dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, standing in front of Baytullah, and making dua and crying profusely. And he's looking at this person, he's saying, man, hey, I know this face, I saw this face somewhere. Then when he looks again, he, he realizes that's the same person that robbed him years ago. So he goes up to that person, and he says, hey, you remember me? The person says, no, I don't remember you. They say, I met you years ago, you robbed me. But you, the same man, now you're standing in front of Baytullah. You're completely changed individual. You're crying before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So then the man said, if you recall, I told you that time that I fast 
for this reason, I keep a door open between me and between Allah, because one day Allah will allow me to enter it, and Allah has allowed me to enter it. And this man was surprised himself, and he narrates the story saying the same thing, keep one door open between you and between Allah. One day Allah will allow you to enter that door. It's a special relationship. So this aspect of dua, let us focus on it inshallah. Make dua for other people. Allah will appoint an angel to make the same dua for you. And Allah will change your life. And whatever you want, use the secret that the scholars of the past used to their benefit and to their advantage. When they wanted something, they made dua that Allah give it to others and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to them. And now while we're talking about this topic of dua, let us not forget that our hujjaj, mashallah, in the next few days will start their journey of returning back home. And when it comes to this aspect, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said that when you meet one that has returned from the journey of Hajj, then you must ask him to make dua for you. And specifically ask him to make dua that Allah forgive you because the Prophet ﷺ made a special dua for the hujjaj. He said, Oh Allah, forgive those that have gone for hajj and forgive those that they will seek forgiveness for. So make it an effort. If we can't go physically, at least pick up the phone. You know somebody has been on hajj and they're coming back home. The moment they come back, ideally, if you can meet them, meet them, mashallah. But if you can't, at least make a call. Brother, you came back from hajj. Allah, accept your hajj. I'm asking you to make dua for me. Make dua that Allah forgive me. He'll make dua for you, Allah will forgive him again and Allah will forgive you. Because it works exactly like that. And whenever you want something, make dua, Allah give it to someone else, Allah will give it to you. And even if you don't want anything, make dua at all times for others. Continuously make dua for others. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make sure you sort it out. And the more you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when everything is good in your life, the day when you need something, Allah is going to give it to you immediately. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to take care of all your worries and all your problems. Because there's not much that you can do. we all at Allah's mercy. And we have to continuously knock at the door of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah grant us all the understanding.